0: What's up everyone, welcome to another sensational episode of the Curioscape Podcast. My name is Kolapo and I'm your host. If you're joining us for the first time, Curious K Podcast is a show where I meet with amazing startup founders and ecosystem builders working to make entrepreneurship tribe on the African continent. And this episode features Timmy Tokwe Babatunde Ekundayo, who is the CEO at Printivo uh, Co founder at Get Equity, and interestingly, these are two companies founded in Lagos. And if you don't know, Printivo is an online print provider helping Nigerian startup SMEs print and ship business card banners, invitation cards, and more with ease. And interestingly, uh, which is part of what we'll be talking more today, is Gateway uh, which is a company that is challenging the status quo of startup financing and venture capital. Uh, the company is democratizing access to startup funding, thereby expanding the pie uh, for previously underfunded and underserved startups. Thank you, Timmy Talkway. It's an honor to have you on, on Curious Cape Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for having me. appreciate it. absolutely uh so talk how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well so far I mean it's such a day just be resting nice. um and taking stock of the week But yeah I'm doing good
0: all right nice and uh I in Lagos anyway, and last night was like the first rain of, of the year. So <laughs> I think everywhere is a bit cool well, because the, it has been it, dusty for a while.
1: And where well, did never rain in my side? So I was a bit disappointed. All I got was just wind. I it happens. It happens.
0: Nice. All right. Yeah. So so let's get into the talk where uh uh, probably you don't know this. I also study geology as well. And when I was just going through your profile, it was interesting for me to see that, oh, study geology. Uh, and so I would just like to know how did that start for you in terms of uh, you going to study geology and the path, and how did that lead to entrepreneurship for you?
1: The recruiters, I've always wanted to study geology. I think I was very big on learning. And consuming quite a lot of things around science and earth. Um, my dad, being a, a petroleum engineer, maybe could have helped, but I know poring over his books. And I mean, the first time when anybody asked me what I wanted to be, definitely, it was a geologist. And there was two things: it was because I, I wanted to study. Um, I actually wanted to study astrology, and so I said I needed a was the more relatable cost then, and geology was like no break, and so I took it uh but of course, as usual, what you wanted and what you get is not as the same um for me, I think i because of how I consumed and also the school itself um it wasn't really it wasn't really it wasn't really catching to me, and so. I started finding myself do other things, um, other post-school activities. I was consulting, working at um, international NGOs, setting up uh, projects and all that. And that was basic, the basic building blocks of entrepreneurship, learning how to run World Financial, basically run a company. Um, and impact people. So it was an international NGO called ISEC. Um, I was then the branch president and I was just learning along the line of leading people, creating impact. And I think at that point in time, we started a cervical cancer project called Project Pink. And I was able to impact 5,000 women and also started some major projects, signing partnerships. So it was literally my building block into entrepreneurship. And I just said, well, okay, I, I have a hang of this thing and I like business. I like to make money. And then I think that was just the way I pivoted fully. So basically, I wasn't going to school um, at all. I was, and it's not even as a result of not going to school. I literally had read through and felt I was too advanced for what I was learning in school. So every time I, I literally did not read. Once papers come there, I just write them and and I and I pass <laughs> well, like very, very well. So it became a thing of what's the point of going to sit down in class whereby at the end of the day, whatever they set in front of you, you're going to blaze through. Just go find things to do. And that's that's basically it for me interesting
0: uh you, you mentioned a uh, project paint is it a project by uh, uh mrs josephine
1: chukuma oh no no so it's a project we coined by ourselves but interestingly okay. it's still living on um to today um it's still living on so someone from our group like in isa group took it up um and although the name is has changed but he's still doing it and it's gone far the impact even got rewarded by the UN last year or two years ago so yeah I mean it's I'm happy to see the progression of these ideas to that level but I mean at that time we're just students so we couldn't do as much Yeah,
0: Um, nice yeah so Geology, I mean, the goal initially was you're interested about the planet, astrology, geology, maybe you wanted to get to an oil company. Uh, but while studying, you discovered you had, like, some other passions, right? And this is where all this NGO work started, and you started leading teams, and everything started, you know, coming together. So, fresh out of school, what what did you move into?
1: So, yeah. Um basically like i said to further that entrepreneurship drive i started doing quite a lot uh joined the record label selling insurance joined a tv business tv show doing consultancy running several business trying to set up many my earliest version of my startup twice um um and then i decided to apply in the UK, we are someone that was running the trading. It was more of an exchange program. Um, so I applied my business idea, and that's funny enough, my consulting idea, which I still run to this day. And I got a grant to go to the UK to study um, in the University of Sussex. And so, yeah, I left. To study University of Success, I said handling a lot of consultings there, helped the schools in terms of the go-to-market strategy for Nigeria because they were coming to Nigeria in terms of a liaison office. So yeah, pretty much after school, I was pretty much looking for all avenues to to just get into do something different. So I I was pretty much everywhere then running either um it was mostly business consultancies, helping set up businesses, helping build strategies. To...
0: Yeah. And uh, at what point did you did you uh, start uh, Prince Evo? Or what, what was the story around you uh, being part of the founding team uh, of Prince Evo?
1: The way it works is it was then me coming back after... Uh, uh, coming back after um, the UK, I got into Nigeria and I felt, okay, I have quite a lot of proof, projects and profiles under my kitty, I was very young, um, I think at this point in time, what do I want to do? So, I helped if, in the space of figuring out what I need to do, I helped set up a school from scratch. So yeah, I was like more like assistant, do you call it proprietor? Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> I helped set up a school, build it, grew the school from less than 20 children to over a thousand, right, um, across different class ranges, senior to junior. Um, it was a bit boring for me. Then I decided to join my friend who wanted to start an animation and telco company. They were having challenge, challenges integrating with, with telcos Then, If you remember VAS, VAS was valid at the server, those mobile ringtone businesses, and so I liked it, I liked the fact that I could create ringtones with my phone and so I joined, I helped grow that business again to, to actually one of the leading earners then in MTN and Etisalat. Then Etisalat was, um, yeah it was Etisalat, non-Line Mobile. So uh, it was, those were good years but I wasn't challenged enough. And I felt, man, I was getting bored. So let me go set up my own thing. And the reason I was here, I've helped my friends start up. Um, The the school and the animation company are still alive today. So it's still awesome. Um, I decided, okay, what's next? Let me maybe put out my own consultancy somehow or somewhere. Um, I I get to meet a lot of events, I hang out, and my problem is that I don't always have the. The means to share what I do. So I wanted to create one cute card that just was a simple thing called business hacker or something. It was very crazy? A black card or just one white word, business hacker. And then at the back it say, call me with my email and phone number. You know, those kind of early days. Early days swag um, as a startup growth. <laughs> Again, just for me I had this very funny <laughs> delusion in my head. So I said, okay. Let me print out. And I started looking for a service similar to what I was used to in the UK. What there was the company called Boo, um, which does printing on demand, and I couldn't find any. I started asking people, then I started searching, and then I started seeing people refer this company for um that is about to start corporate evil. And then I slide in to the Olium. I see him. Oh, that's the person trying to build. I see he's talking, we start exchanging a lot of conversations on Twitter. And then I sent him a DM saying, oh, I love to be, um, I love this. And so I ordered a card, like just to test and it, two days later, a dispatch rider came and because they are, as at that time SLA was saying seven days, but then two days later, a dispatch man came and handed my card over me. Well packaged card, got what I wanted. What, said,
0: what, year? What, what
1: year? was this? Was this like twenty fourteen? Twenty thirteen. Okay. 2013, exactly. um, and I went, and I said, okay, let me join the fray. And I called him. Look, what's how is printing like? Like he's just literally thinking of this crazy idea to take printing online. But not so sure if the business would even survive because everybody keeps telling me and telling him that is impossible. And I get why they were saying it at that time because in 2013 the internet was not like what it was today. Worst of, not everybody was on the internet. Secondly, there were not many logistic companies. Third, Google Maps wasn't so advanced. Fourth, fourth um, again, I think it was even at the exchange rate was also crazy. Fifth, Shomolu. Right, people didn't understand what you're trying to do. Sixth is also the it was more of a nascent industry. People were not so familiar of ordering online. This was when Konga and Jumia were at were formally called Kasuma and something, and were just picking the new brand to people's head. And it was at the earliest moment. So it was at those point, if you look, go back and check. Anybody that says they want to start a business online or the first wave of e-commerce, you will tell people that, man, there's no way this business will survive. As a business consultant, too, when you take all those things into place and um, factors, you will say it to your head, nah, these people are not serious. Their business will die. I beg, let me go. But that was the mad thing. I felt that there was something here and I liked Oli Right, and also other co founders. And I said, guys, let's build magic, right? Let's figure out a lot of things. So basically, we had to build three companies from the get go. We had to build a logistic company, we had to build a printing company, and we had to build a technology company and merge this three into what Printivo is today.
0: Interesting story right there i mean looking back those early years is i mean I, I think foresight is just key for for entrepreneurs as well uh around that time 2013 i, I think i met uh in this conference called a uh, mobile west africa I think there's this like mobile west african conference that was that was happening at that time uh, and i think i was in a chat with Oluphobia mm-hmm. as well and he was just very excited you know about About what you're trying to do with printing, people can order online. It was like, wow, this is interesting. And because people Mm -hmm. want to print, and the first place they'll think of is Shomolu. But the thing is, there are a lot of problems because most of these guys, I mean, Mm -hmm. they're not that reliable at times. You might order for something, you might get something else. The color will be red. (laughs) They'll probably deliver a very different. Let let me me even tell you,
1: let (laughs) me tell you, fun let me tell you a funny story right in um after we started i think it was in 2016 right that i think that very very single day i was very bored i didn't have anything to do i said so let me start searching twitter for the earliest conversation of principle that i could find right but it then put me into the rabbit hole when i now went into seeing the pain points of people Having issues with printing as far back as 2010. And for imagine for three years worth of combined frustration. So it was more like we were building for a need that the market wanted. And this is why, for me, I mean, we might get into this conversation. I when people talk product market fit, I laugh because. In my case, it's market product fit, it's the other way around. There needs mm. to be a subset of a, a market that is large, or it is adjacent to a very large market, of which your product meets a need that slingshots you across. And if you check properly, if we call all the names of the current businesses we know, they actually had uh, existing waiting markets, market, mm. right? That their products just fit into. Fit into. <laughs> Basically. But so the only problem we do have is when we hear this product market fit, most times people go build out a product and start, start looking for market. a market. <laughs> That's where the problem always happens. And, and the question asked me is, okay, what next? How do we find this market product? I always ask it. The first thing that everyone should do, research the hell out of what you are doing. Or what you are getting into so as we were we're not printers i came from a business consultancy slash creative slash communication marketing background olumiomi is a creative designer has an agency the other guy was operations we sat down to learn printing learn it as even better than people who were in printing for many years and that's the dedication research about it then speak to people I think at, at no point, if I'm to be guessing, we spoke to nothing less than 5,000 people across board in different places anywhere, we telling people about the idea and hearing people laugh, but hearing frustration from people that we were speaking to who needed this, who were ready with we had people who are like, "Oh yeah, when you launch, we'll go use you, when you launch, we'll go use it that kind of conversation. Then mm-hmm. when we launch, decided okay. to launch, it was also a magic. I would say lock itself, but also the fact that we were prepared for that lock and the sense that uh, a very popular international um, journalist was in Nigeria and she needed to print a card. And so she tweeted, I'm looking for where to print a card. I am flying by five. And this was, I think, at nine in the morning. I'm flying by five. I need, I desperately need a card and I need it now. And someone just, we just literally said, Use Print Evil. She's like, okay. She wasn't sure. So she's needed to our so she slid into our DM to be like, Are we legit?" Because she was kind of when I said, Okay, hold off to your money, give us the design, we'll print and get it out. We printed and we delivered to her by twelve o'clock. Wow. Collected the money. Um that's when she paid online. So again, we didn't hold cash with her. We, I think. From that first day, we just ensured that we never took cash. We just told her to make payments. Um, luckily, um, at that point in time, also, Paystack was just doing close beta. So we were literally told, our guys. So um, Ezra, just give us something to collect this cash. And that was, that link paid and got into the account. Although we got it a few days later, but I mean, she paid. And so immediately she went, and tweets it and says this works and that was it amazing that re- so that referral and experience now became our growth hack engine literally mm-hmm. for that entire year we ensure people's experience were lovely they tell people about it they tell people about it and that and like that it's like cascading and going forward so yeah um that talks about it but i, I mean it wouldn't have existed if people didn't have needs if they were not dealing with shitty 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 shomolu printers and mm. shitty printing experience and stress basically yeah
0: amazing amazing story right there uh and i like the fact that you're able to break it down when it comes to trying to solve a pain uh i've heard some people say don't build a a, a problem that is looking for a solution or something like that i mean mm-hmm. just I mean, what is the pain? And the market here is already screaming. We are in pain. We are in pain. And then build a product that just, you know, relieve them of the pain. And I think it's a very great way for entrepreneurs to think about solving problem. You know, and that th- that's really great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And so so let's let's talk about get equity. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you've you've been building Printable for over six, seven years, uh, eight years now. And um, so at what point did you you, uh, think, okay, I want to build something else? I know you've built something before that time. You were getting bored. Was it the same thing with Printivo?
1: Oh, for me, um, in between that, remember I told you my consultancy business has been there. So I've been doing Printivo consultancy um, and parties. Yes, I was hosting parties numerous funny parties, engagement, fun events. But it was not boredom, it was a realization actually. Mm. So um when you meet again, this is same market product fit conversation. When you meet a lot of people at both events, at both your own events, at hangouts, at speaking directly to founder, at working with businesses, and we again, good thing is working with a large number of businesses that people had, and, um, speaking to founders of those businesses, remaining friends, constant problem of having to raise great ideas, no network of no one who knows this person who be able. And, and the truth about investment is also that in the earliest stage, people are investing in the person and not the idea. To should be very candid. If you ask many investors, if you do a ratio, you will find nothing less than 80%. The reason they put money in a business is because of one. The founder, either they know the founder or the business. The, the concept, again, was I was trying to explain the reason ab- about my own market product fit thesis, which is there's already an existing market and you find a product that fits it. And so part of this was in my daily engagement, through my startup consultancy, through my um, events I hosted, and through my daily operations working with business founders to well, prayed seamlessly. It was that constant problem of, man, I'm looking for capital to scale my business. I cannot. Lovely ideas that they are trying to do, awesome business op- options. See that these people are solid trustworthy but nothing and the other side you're engaging same investors through other um, means and events you meet them in and that's one of the concept of problem i have this small cash i don't know where to drop it Um, i'm looking for a great deal business opportunity i'm looking for a strong deal flow deal flow here meaning company Um, and because again investment is more around the founder you are investing in largely because Ideas are a dozen. Execution mm-hmm. is the major thing, right? It's so okay. you need to take a bet that this person can execute this idea, this business model in this market and become a winner. So if, for example, I meet a person saying, Oh, i want to get into oil and gas. And then I find out that this person maybe was the head of, head of marketing or strategy at say, Owando and he literally grew a window from zero to what it is today. And he's starting a new business model in oil and gas. I will fund him simply because he has, he has done it before. And he has done it even in a place that everybody said was impossible. And now he's coming with a new model. I will trust him. And then I go and take ref- referees and reviews and they tell me this is a solid guy. And I go to places that I know people I can trust. And they trust me. And if they give me a review, I can hold ba- I hold it to bank, basically. And they tell me, oh, this guy, I've worked with him. And you know the funniest thing about the life, life is like a circle. You yeah. find out yeah. within your circle, there's another one that knows that person in the circle. It's yeah. just about asking those circles until you find the right data that you need. Um... You also know the good and bad, the strengths and weaknesses of this person. And then you take your bet. Mm -hmm. That's why investing is more like an informed bet on someone to scale that business. Sometimes investors uh, miss it totally. There are people that they will ignore who then overnight become successful. There are sometimes they they ignore a business model, which then becomes world changing and become the, the new standard so it's not always that investors know or i mean they take a bet an informed bet so it can go yes or it could go no um, whichever option and this thinking again when we are having these two contrasting um ideas and conversations and pain points and needs it became more interesting that hmm how can I connect these two people together and so in my thinking, I said, all right, let me start up a business, which will be a networking system. And it was around, right around the, before the COVID um, hit. And, and we just started building, right? I started thinking, I started just building precept with my friends around me and along the line i also met a guy on twitter as at that time his name was big brother just quite the i was very noisy on twitter and so he was but we started seeing a lot of common thoughts thinking precepts and start chatting on the dm close to the a year, exchanging different ideas and hmm, this made sense for us to build and so i was always checking in today is going to like oh here's a bit of wireframe here is a bit of the deck, and we are tweaking it, and all this we're just working it because at that point in time it was a very crazy idea. I want to take shares of a business, tokenize it into fraction, give it to people to invest in real time. It is crazy as at that time, and if anyone told you, you might say, "Man, that will never work." Just just opposing to 2013 when someone tells you. <laughs> um, taking print online will work. And I so I laughed because I said, yes, now this is it, right? This crazy idea, this challenging idea, this pioneer, right? Because again, in 2013, pioneer business model it was interesting. Now, again, that same kick of being a pioneer into this place, even if it's an existing place, but being a different outlook. And so, yeah. Um, got into it. Also from my experience, right, raising from investors, I kind of picked quite a lot of things that I wanted to change. And so just along the line, merging my own experience work and network with Jude's network and Williams also network and ideas. We better get equity, right? To provide a simple platform to first connect investors looking for great high opportunities, so those people looking to raise, but not only that, create an ecosystem around investment, alternative investment, starting with startup cap, um, investment, tokenize this, provide it access to all. And that's essentially what we are doing.
0: Amazing. So so can you just run us through how, how it works for a startup founder, I have an idea, for example, I'm trying to build uh, this amazing form that if i see that on it it's going to make me feel very comfortable Mm -hmm. and i want to list it on the platform so how does it work is it just like going to your website uh just answering some questions and what's the process
1: like okay so um interesting process is that we first and foremost have a venture a full full um, fledged venture slash investment committee um and we have kind of uh, touch points that we look out for great businesses which we draw from quite the varied and wide uh, touch points so we have investment bankers PE's, uh, p slash investment banking we have venture capital we have founders we have uh, analysts scouts all these people merge together in terms of how they approach a business idea and thinking of if that business will be successful and score it, based both basically qualitative and quantitative and provide a yes or no. And so what happens basically is, again, we look out for issues. Um, we don't fund ideas. <laughs> I need to say that um, we fund businesses who are ready, either making money, have good traction okay. or, or a good cash flow um, in terms of op- opportunities to Have a very strong community because again, remember, it's your community. We're trying to find an alternative way for you to raise. For you to raise. In this sense, you raise money from your community, your friends, your family, your customers, right? And so, it means that you need to have a bit of stickiness. It means that people need to like your business, what you do, want to see you succeed and support and all those building blocks don't just happen if you are given a bad service or if your model is not strong enough And mm. know so so you just kind of extract that so we look at those different factors operational capacity the founders the founding dynamics the market sure. size, the op- so we take as much we do quite a lot of due diligence on those business so as people are applying we're also automating the the automating the logic around all these things so that in real time, we can even let people know, oh, work on XYZ area of your business or not uh, based on any experience. And the truth is that we do get this from across board. So most times, like I said, in a market, you might want to have a different business model, but in the entire market, there's a size, you know what this is, you know, the total size of people who buy cars in a year. And if someone is telling you, oh, we're going to do this, I'm just going to be extrapolating to what that cliff will be, because that's just the zenith. So anyway, once we get and see that, oh, this business is great, has a lot of options, when we say, okay, it's time to, well, list. And a part of the listing is where we do the the things like in terms of the VC game, which we discuss around the valuation of the business, what they are raising in terms of to get them to the next level, what supports, what is their expectation. Um, who and how are they going to even talk about their stories and to the public? And they choose the options in terms of our offerings um, to go to a private raise or a public raise. The public race, then we pull out those information and tell, oh, that business is listed okay um, we've now taken that allocation let's say it's hundred thousand dollars and tokenize it into a ten thousand tokens at ten dollars per token and you can be part of it and so people download the app through a kyc um through a four-step process then see the opportunity of the company the company's problem what it's trying to do it's about the founders attraction the social media information, their pitch deck, legal documentation, if they are showing, and all those things are there. And then i make a this decision, i hmm, this idea looks something interesting or I'm in an area in fintech and I say fintech business, and I think this makes sense because I've been there, I understand, I have, what do you call it, background knowledge on how this business is going to make money, and I'm able to put my ten dollars like the risking for you so that's about give or take in today's exchange rate is about five thousand six fifty naira uh to own a tiny muscle that could be so the minimum investment is,
0: is ten dollars on the platform yes
1: the okay. way it started the the minimum is ten dollars right but the the founding team or the team who is raising can choose to set minimum they want they can choose okay um the minimum for hours is a thousand dollars i mean everyone would has their preference but we just think that the point of making something in terms of ownership um available to a lot of people should be as small as possible right as tiny as possible fractionalizing this to allowing people have access to it and that's essentially how it works um in the other in the other product, the private risk product, we more like give you the entire infrastructure for you to raise from people. We have some tools that people can use in terms of creating secondary transactions, ESOP management, captive management, um, onboarding, secret link management. So quite a lot of different um, infrastructure products that we offer to to startups who, for example, have already existing um investor networks that want to come into the to the around because this is another issue you find is like i'm i'm raising my very first investment proceed and maybe i raise it for my institutional investor i happen to do well then all my friends and families are really really wanting to get in and i'm raising again but i don't have a, a very clear and simple structure to 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 gather this all, these people, all these people right? gather all these people into one place to make yeah. it work which is what we're providing with our deal room. the deal room essentially brings all these people together to co-join to you in your next race or even your your preceding so it's, it's providing um, founders a easy way to manage a large group of people into one simple place have one clean cap table which helps you because again This seems something you notice as you scale, as you grow and you raise new rounds. You don't want to have a very messy cap table. Um, and so this is how we're trying to support it by creating a very simple onboarding, um, back office management tool that manages your raising process from the day of setting up, um, that deal to managing that deal subsequently every year. So yes.
0: Great. So uh, you're doing a lot of work for the founders uh, in terms of uh, helping them through their business model, even the due diligence. So how 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 do you make money? Well, what's your business model like? I mean, doing all this work, and um, and do you stay with the business even after fundraising? Because of course you have to still track what you're doing. So if investors want to sell out. So what, what? How do you how do you drive ensure sustainability for the business in doing all this?
1: Um. So I basically we have different ways we charge. If you are okay. running a public raise, we charge you four percent of the amount you are raising. Um. If you are doing that's a, a flat private, fee. Yeah, it's a flat fee. Okay. Um flat fee. Um, we don't charge carries or management fee or any of those. just 4% simple um, of whatever you are raising. On the other side... Okay. If you are using a private raise, there are three different ways, um, we, because we built again, we build the deal rooms to meet different people. There's the deal room for community, that is for communities trying to raise for a project, we charge 5%. If you're a deal room for syndicates or to create syndicates that will do investment, we charge a tiered access from a thousand to over $2,500 per year. Um, that's separate from legal, legal fees. If you want us to help in your legals, which is also a separate fee. If you are a deal room for companies, we also charge per one, the two and access in terms of services, valuation. If you want to run evaluation reports, uh, that's usually for an evaluation and manage your cap table um, better, which might be a monthly subscription, um, and then also helping you in, in setting up your ESOP program. So ESOP is employee stock options, and you can set up a program, assign it to employees, let that vest over the years, and allow your employees also make money as you do and that's the point of the ownership and once they are able to make money as you do they will give you your all and in today's talent uh, wars i think that's one of the best ways to secure awesome talents give them a stake and ownership great and
0: uh, so so far like how much has the platform been able to re- help entrepreneurs raise and do you also have entrepreneurs outside of nigeria coming on the platform or is it focused is it like a position to be a global platform is it africa
1: oh yeah so in terms of raise we've done over four hundred thousand, over four hundred thousand who have raised i think more Correct. than 18 companies have been listed more more we're about considering to be listed um in terms of how we position yeah we're a global platform but we're more on emerging markets, starting with Africa um, as as a pilot. So even if entrepreneurs are raising, it has to be that their businesses have cooperations here within Africa um, as, as, a, as a starting out point. Um, but in terms of investors, our investors come across from across the world. So, yeah, we're global focused, but we we, our intent our intentionality of investment is more here within Africa because it's quite needed here. Uh, we need more more invest, more businesses need to set up here, and we need to bring more wealth here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of policies, all right, are there like um, regulations? Uh, uh, is it like SEC? Uh, policies around uh, because this is like a new model of raising investment mm-hmm. you know uh, for startup uh, which is like uh, you, you can call it crowdfunding right it, it's a form of equity crowdfunding you know for startup so is it like a, a form of regulation uh seen through the platform or uh, or the government that they are still waiting to try to understand what is happening or how, how, how is that like if you can share that with us?
1: All right, thank you. Um, I think I should have begun this. Yeah, I think I should have begun this. We're not a crowdfunding platform. We are a private placement platform. There are two different things. Private placement bring so in the sense of a legal structure, we are a syndicate. Yes, a syndicate in, is a group that invests. And okay. Syndicate legally, um, we are a group of investors who invests in companies and that's why it's a private placement it means that companies come and place their allocation of shares and capital to be raised through their friends family community customers in a private system right so it's not i mean these two can be often mostly confused with each other which is fine and we get to see that that is the perception. So, with, notwithstanding that, again, we we had spoken to the SEC around our model um, before we launched. It still behoves on us, to, well, in terms of our self-regulation, to of course get the license. So, which is what we are applying for. Um, hopefully, when we do get it announced to everyone, because we need people to trust us as much as we are ensuring that. Um, the system is trustworthy and transparent on both sides. Um, um, I, I think one of those major things, is, it's a personal thing for me not to, to um, in terms of creating integrity, the system has to have integrity. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, we were, we're doing to get that license. Again, we don't need it, but um, I just need to say that that's the difference. We are a private placement platform and not an equity crowdfunding platform even if we're in partnership with some of them. Um, but the, the interesting thing also is that, again, um, we we see that this is going to be the new paradigm of of how things will move towards the future, this ownership mindset. And so we're just being perfectly positioned for that.
0: Great, amazing. I mean, th- th- thanks for sharing that and, and for, for also uh, educating us about about that. Uh, so uh, so tell us about funding because I understand you have to raise funds for the startup. There are a whole lot of operations, back end operations happening before the startup race. Uh, so tell us about funding. Uh, was it self financed? Did you bootstrap it? Uh, uh, have oh, you yeah. raised for this?
1: We we bootstrap. We raised, proceed um, um, so far. So yeah, we will start starting out using our earliest product, paying paying people to get things done. Um, and then yeah, we did raise from greenhouse capital who who actually uh, liked the idea because again they had some similar thoughts towards this. And so it was just more about us having a great alignment. And that's why I always say it's always great to work with strategic investors who are mm-hmm. aligned in. In your vision when you're starting out you you don't just want to take money from anybody you need to take mm. money from people who who know or see where you would be remember you're in, as an investor you're investing and taking a bet on people right at that earlier stage and so it's the same way in every place most of either the institutional down to to angel investors is that you take a bet and so in the same sense is that they're taking a bet in us and we Definitely, are working to ensure that that bet builds and multiplies.
0: Is there anything you would like to tell us about Get Equity or something you're really excited about as as a roundup?
1: Oh yeah, please download the app. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that's one of the major things I'll like say. <laughs> download download the app. Um, Check out the opportunities. Um, Interestingly, we've listed 18. Ten of those companies have closed their round. One just closed their round quite yesterday, funny enough. And it was at 75% the day before. Yesterday I woke up to see that it's closed the round. So I'm really uh, excited. Um, Yeah. Please quickly download the app. Get in before most of the company rounds close. We're going to be listing many more next week. Um, We have quite a... A lot of things rolled out for this year. Um, again, like you said, getting the license, announcing global partnerships with interesting crowdfunding platforms, our expansion, and we're expanding into other markets, um, which again aligns us, providing African centric investment opportunities to everyone, creating more of a global outreach, um, talking more about this model. Helping people get raises, so quite a lot to be done. Um, that means more mostly sleepless nights, but uh, <laughs> we we will definitely do this until we we create a new shift and a new model on on, on how you raise and and how people own things. Um, if you're an employee employee founder or if you're a founder here, you can apply um, to our platform if you have significant traction, revenues, awesome, great ideas, opportunities, um, and you want to do your pre raise, please speak to us and um, we can set up a Calendly link. Um, it's right there on our website. Um, you can also just reach out or support at getequity.io. Um, the team will definitely be on ground. ground. Um, and we do answer our emails, calls, whatever, um, in any channel. <laughs> I won't go still, right, I won't literally ghost still. So you just always know that you have people to talk to at any point in time. Um, also, yeah, um, we've been also thinking of kicking out a lot of physical so meetings. There's also going to be an Ask Me Anything, basically, this okay. February. Before the end of February, we should hear about it, Where you can come ask any type of questions about it. Um, we're not looking to fight anyone. So please don't come. <laughs> us. Uh, but just basically, come let's let's talk around everything fundraising startup life. I know where founders like if you're an investor looking to put $10 or more, or trying to support a startup founder, and you don't know how There are ways you can get on our Twitter spaces where we have live one-on-ones with the founders of these companies, you ask questions, you understand their business model, and then you decide to support them. If you understand this, it helps you in how you invest, when you see opportunities. If you need to understand terms or terminologies we use, because in the startup world, we use so many terminologies. So if you need, feel free to reach out to support at GetEquity.io, we're definitely going to answer to you um, again, download the app, um, fill in your KYC, load your wallet, and start funding the, the next stacks. That's the way I'm going to put it. <laughs> All yeah. right. Guys.
0: Thank you, Talkway. I mean, it's an honor to have you on Curious K Podcast. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, All it's much. an amazing conversation. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. and kind of recommend the show to your friends. And um, see you next time. Bye-bye.